Hey, I'm Brett Gornick. I'm Jason Lobig. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. Best day ever. We are coaches, trainers, retreat leaders, and wellness advisors, but didn't start our careers doing this. Jason worked in public accounting, and I worked in corporate retail until starting our dream business in which we help people from all different industries pursue their best day ever every single day. The goal of this podcast is to interview both each other and other professionals making an impact on the world on how wellness is the fuel to do whatever it is in life you want to do better. This podcast is about teaching people to actively pursue their purpose and how to use self-care to do it. We're here to show you how the best day of our mindset is available to anyone at any time, no matter your circumstance. It's your choice and we're here to encourage you. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and even YouTube. You can also listen to our podcast on www.livebetterco.org. Have the best day ever. Welcome to the Live Better podcast. We have our boys from Haven here, Alex and Colby. Welcome in, team. How are you guys doing? What's up? Uh, how we doing? Good. Uh, we are in it. So uh, these guys are running a awesome business based out of Chicago, doing some really cool things um, in regards to the whole gamut of health. Jason and I have been in there to work with them. We've sent multiple people in there. Um, let's just start with an intro about what you guys are doing now, and then let's go back and figure out how you got there. Fire away. So uh, Colby and I started Haven to empower people to heal themselves. And we saw that as a huge need in not only the conventional medical world, but also the natural medical world. Because there's still very much, a, even in natural medicine, there's still very much a relationship of come in, get lab work done, and then get supplements, right? So we wanted to change that dynamic and create individualized programs for people to fundamentally heal themselves and understand how to do that so that they're not reliant upon us to do so that they're actually given tools so that they understand what healing is and they can do that on a day-to-day -day basis so that's kind of the larger picture and you know on the ground basically what that looks like is patient comes in they get evaluated and then we design a individualized program for them that ranges from three to six months typically. Awesome, so when you guys thought about the beginning of this, where did this stem from? Where was the need? Um, and how did you guys come together to, to think about it? Yeah, so um, I think the need stemmed from Alex and I's experience in the alternative healthcare field. So even being in school, there's a plethora of options, right? It's not like the normal route of school you take where it's this then this then this it's kind of like you basically find things that you're passionate about in school and then from there you basically pursue those passions and then you basically either start a practice or you go work for somebody else so alex and i actually intern at true north which is a water fasting clinic out in santa rosa california crazy experience there were individuals that were there that were doing 40 days only of water <laughs> Profound results, though. I mean, people were coming in with severe arthritis, GI complaints, hormone issues, cancer, and just by not eating any crappy food, and then during the whole time they were being educated on how to prepare food themselves, they were getting amazing results. But Alex and I were both there together, and we were like, 
our, our conversations and our connection was spot on. We're like, dude, we, like, there's an opportunity for us in Chicago. And I'll let Alex kind of talk about our actual like story because it's kind of cool as well. But I think spending that much time with someone and then intimately understanding that you align to such a high degree, we're like, we can't pass this up. Yeah, I mean, for, for the people who are listening to this, like, it's pretty obvious why the four of us get along. Our approach to health is so similar and actually was sort of born out of like very similar circumstances where like you're around people who start to care about this and then you start to put ideas on the table and things get fleshed out and you're like, we have something very real to add to this field. I think that's also what I loved about your guys' process was that in, in even in the like alternative space, like not in your internist, not in your like general practice hospital where you're going in for a checkup with your doctor, it's very much a process to like really understand why you aren't healing yourself, why these things are going wrong and getting to the root cause of it rather than like slapping a Band-Aid on it and just taking some Advil. So like, uh-huh. can you walk through sort of like that birth story, how you sort of worked through how you were gonna change the paradigm of both like traditional and natural medicine and bring your own ideas? Because Chicago is, I, I always call it like skeptically responsive to health. They're kind of like, ah, I, I'd like to be healthy, but I also still like brunch. So right. Like, how can I, <laughs> you know, have my cake seriously and eat it too at brunch on the weekend and then go back to like sort of caring about my health it is definitely a weird environment to push forward like progressive health initiatives so just kind of like walk through some yeah so to to talk about the brunch idea right colby and i are very transparent with our community and um you know the whole idea of healing yourself is like be honest with yourself and don't force yourself to do something that isn't really in alignment with what you want to be doing. So if that means you want to go out and have brunch with your friends and get shit-faced on mimosas, then you have the choice to do that. You know, we, we tell our patients to like be conscious and like feel what happens when you, when you, you know, take certain behaviors or actions. So it's not about like being really militant and holding people to a perfect standard. You know, we, we believe that if you actually tune in to how your body is feeling when you do these things, then you will naturally change so you don't have to force you to do anything. And Colby and I like to socialize too. And it's, you know, it's about finding that balance and knowing you know, what lines you wanna cross and, and what lines you don't. But to, to go back to the kind of the genesis story, as Colby was saying, you know, in, when you're in naturopathic medical school, what our, uh, what one of our teachers used to tell us is that trying to get a whole group of naturopathic doctors to agree on something is like trying to hurt cats, right? Because everyone is coming from completely different perspectives and paradigms. Conventional medicine is very standard of care operated. So like, you know, there's of course some individuality in the practitioner, the doctor, but not much. There's not much wiggle room outside of this is the first step when someone presents with these symptoms. You give this medication or treatment first, et cetera, et cetera, down the line. It's like a, literally like a flow chart that you're following as a medical doctor. So in natural medicine, it's a completely different world. It's very creative. Like you take someone, something like acupuncture, right? You could, you could poke so many different acupuncture points and they could all lead to different results that are all benefiting the person, but you come from different schools and, you know, so 
it's no different with naturopathic medicine. So as Colby and I went through school, we were continuously aligning with the same philosophies, the same paradigms, um, and, and seeing how, you know, we learned the philosophy like day one, but you, you kind of get indoctrinated out of it, even at natu in naturopathic school because you're learning the basic sciences and the conventional medicine, pharmacology, and then, you know, by the end of the whole four years, you're, it's very easy to turn back to the textbook and just start treating people based on their symptoms and their disease state. And that's a very conventional model. Someone comes in, you label them with a disease, and you treat that disease. And natural medicine is doing the same thing to a large extent. They may say that they're not, but if you actually look at the practices that they're doing, it's fundamentally the same thing. You're labeling something with a certain diagnosis, you're doing blood work, and then you're giving them treatment based on that diagnosis. That's not really the roots of naturopathic medicine. The roots of naturopathic medicine is understanding the individual deeply. So, you know, Colby and I really aligned in like many different ways and many different schools. So by the time we went to that water fasting clinic and we were like really jiving, it was the way end of our program and we were like loving it in California and having cold all these- water plunges every day. Yeah. It was amazing, like beach every day. Oysters. Every day, crushing oysters. Yeah. Like, it was like top notch. <laughs> so that really solidified it. By then it was like, you know, we have to do this because we're totally aligned on this. So when you guys take a look at a patient, um, I have gone to, let's say the whole gamut of, of different set, sorts of doctors for multiple different things. When you guys look at a patient that comes in and you don't slap a disease or condition or a specific name for something on them, what are you doing differently? Like what is different about what you guys are doing as opposed to I am tired all the time so I need more of this or I have Hashimoto's, I need this, I have cancer, I need this. What do you look at and what are you doing that's a little bit different? Because I think what we see a lot of is like you guys mentioned this early on was if you go into a doctor, they'll give you a prescription. If you go into a natural doctor, they'll give you a supplement. Mm -hmm. And you know, some are probably better than others, but what are you guys doing and what, what's creating that change? Yeah, so I think that we always address every patient on the three pillars which basically make up our program. One is the person too toxic. So that's almost always the case. If someone's experiencing chronic illness or they're optimizing how they feel, they are too toxic to a certain degree. That could be because they're eating food that they can't digest. It could be environmental toxins. It could be EMFs. It could be pharmaceutical drugs. It could be your relationship with your mom. There's a gamut of options, but are you too toxic? The second pillar and kind of the way that we approach every patient is, do they have what they need to heal? Do they have the proper vitamins, the proper minerals, the proper communication with their spouse, all of these things. And then the third topic that we always assess with every individual and every patient that we see is that, is a person's vitality high enough to heal? What does that mean? If you've ever been out in California, I, we met this 65-year-old guy with like long gray hair, his skin was glowing. It's like, damn, that guy's healthy as hell. Like that guy, is, his health is immaculate. His vitality is so high because he's doing the right things for himself to allow him to overcome any illness and allow his body to be in a perfect environment to heal. So that's things like understanding the lights that are in your room. Again, going back to EMFs, understanding yourself and your subconscious patterns. 
So for every single person, instead of just saying, okay, you have blank, or you have this ICD-10 code, we look at every single person in those three pillars. And if someone's experiencing chronic illness, almost every single time, every pillar is off. So when we address the pillars, we don't address the ICD-10 code, the person naturally heals because we come from the belief pattern that the body is supposed to heal itself. The body, given the right environment, will heal and is supposed to heal. But we, in the culture of today, are so urbanized, we don't even know what that means. So it's a lot of education, it's a lot of empowerment, it's a lot of saying, hey, you specifically need to address these things because you're so out of balance with this stuff that your body, the environment is way off. What do you think are some, and then, and it's such a good point because like you see that the image of like the guy on the beach who's like, who's older, but clearly just vibing. And you can tell that he's getting sunlight, probably eating the proper amount of food. He's clearly outside enough. He's in nature. He's being active. But the, the, I would imagine that a large base of your clients, people you're talking to, were in a big metropolitan city locked in on all sides by concrete are city dwellers so like what are some of the biggest issues you see that come from the city like do you do you guys have a quick kind of running list of things that you are like all right this is an automatic list of 10 things that when you're going through step one like are you are you too toxic like, are you toxic that's immediately yes because you drink city water you do this like what is that kind of quick list of things you might run through with somebody mm-hmm. if everything's off I, I would definitely imagine like when you walk through with a client when we've walked through like you go to root causes and you get to know the person and you obviously draw a storyline but like yep. what are some of the common threads even people can just take almost immediately to fix some of these things that might make them toxic so um, I would say the first thing which is kind of related to toxicity but is more kind of like whole person is so many people who live in a city are just working way too hard and they have there's no rest time whatsoever right you're working like 60 hours a week and you're intermittently fasting until 2 p.m and you're doing hit workouts at 6 a.m and then you come home and then you keep working until 10 p.m and then you go to bed you can't heal like that but when you're in an urban environment and you're you get used to that pace It's like you go out to the suburbs and you're like, man, it's really nice out here. (laughs) You're like, it's quiet. Yeah, yeah. And And you just, boom. Yeah. Holy moly. Right? I go home and just sleep. Yeah, 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 exactly. So so we see that very regularly with people. We we ask them about their day-to-day schedule and what they're doing, and we're like, whoa, man, like you have to chill out a little bit. Pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Judging us. Um, so I say that that's a big one. Um, you mentioned water, city water, huge. A lot of people like, yeah, I drink tap water. Got like a Brita or like what? (laughs) Like, no, like that is not, not nearly what you need. Right. And also Mm -hmm. with that, then then we'll like dive more into water. Like, okay, like how about some structured water? Like, oh, what's that? So like, if you think about just the basic things that you need, sunlight, relaxation, good clean water and good clean food a lot of people i think think that they're doing okay on those realms but nobody i know is actually incorporating all of those into their life so just by changing simple things in your life you can get profound results like we see it every day like profound Mm -hmm. 
Yep. So sunlight's missing for sure. You know, being in buildings. How do we hack that? How do we hack that when we don't get sun for like? Yeah. Six so months? we. It's not necessarily about the sun, which is which is important in my my opinion. It's also about getting in touch with the natural light that's in the world. So every single day, for example, I I take off my shoes and I walk to the park and try and catch the sunrise every single day. And that's the way that I start my day. There's no going to the gym with these LED lights trying to like, you know, blast through a 20 minute hit workout. Just it's like, no, it's like, why don't you go to the park, do some breathing exercises, reflect on your day, take off your shoes and touch the earth. And oh, by the way, make sure your phone's at home, at home the entire time. Like if everybody started their day just like that, people would feel a lot better. But what are you doing? You're not being exposed to the technology and all of the EMFs that can come with that. You're reflecting on your day and setting an intention. You're touching the earth with your bare feet and then your eyes are adjusting to the sun that's rising, telling your brain that it's, hey, let's go. So that's like one simple thing that we educate our patients to do, but it's like, huh. Like, Isn't that the first thing you work, you reach towards? Social media. Mm-hmm. Your alarm's blaring in your ear, and you're right at it. You're in your you're in your class. Yeah, and then what? And then going hard. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then at, and after that, what happens? Then you turn on your light, and it's these LED pounding lights that are telling your brain it's like oh, it's like 1 p.m. already, where it's, <laughs> it's usually like 6 or 7 a.m. And then you go to your water, and you drink crappy water, and so on and so forth. So it's like. In our experience, everybody that we've worked with, even who have been healthy, there's still so many things that they can improve. And most people, especially who are chronically ill, they don't actually know what it feels like to feel healthy. Most people say, well, if I don't have my coffee, I don't have any energy in the morning. Like, you shouldn't need coffee. And that should be something that you use as a tool, as an activity that you enjoy. It shouldn't be something that you need to sustain your energy throughout the day. So I think one of the things that, that I take away from this and really really dive into as I've been working with you guys is that the conditions that were set before us that we were raised in, we have to reconsider those because most of the things that you just mentioned, 90% of the people that are listening to this won't even have ever thought about doing, right? We don't understand that we're supposed to see the sunrise every day and look at the sunset, like sun gazing. People don't know what earthing is where you touch the ground with your natural body. Like most people probably haven't touched the ground with their body during quarantine because they've just been sitting in their couch all day long. And so I think it's just really getting back to like the basics of what it is to be a human. And it's really hard because like for, you know, I'm 30 years old and I didn't really learn about this until I was probably like 26. So it's like 26 years of programming, waking up to an alarm clock during that time, like having a cell phone sit next to your bed that's just like blasting you with things. Like people don't even know what that means. Like what's an EMF? What's an LED light? What is tap water? Like most people don't know what that is. So to your point, it's like pulling those levers are very important. Where do you find friction with that? Because I think the main thing, and we work this a lot with people, is like understanding what, what and we, we take it down into like set and setting. It's the mindset in which you approach something, it's the setting in which you're in. You need to change both of those to, honestly, for your guys' point, like tra- create true health, or in our point, to like optimize performance. So when you when somebody says like oh I want to change this I really want to get into this and you're like all right well just like wake up early and go to the beach and they're like whoa like where's my like can't I just take a pill how do you reframe the mind how do you work with somebody so that they understand that like if I drink spring water and I touch the ground with my feet and I set an intention for the day 
I don't need like $14,000 of supplements a year to change my GI tract. Yeah. <clears throat> so I would say the first thing is that people who find our office are typically people that are open to those kinds of things. That's why they're finding us. We're speaking to that community. You know, again, our community is all about being becoming conscious. So these are all of these things are just like it's it's becoming aware of how things in your life are affecting you and being willing to change those if they're having a negative effect. If you're not willing to change some of those things, then you're going to resonate with a a different kind of practice and there's plenty of those out there and that's fine everyone's on a different path so I would first say that like a lot of those people are kind of self-selected in that way but to your point we've been educated incorrectly for you know decades since we were born and Colby and I always joke that like literally everything that we learned is wrong every single thing which is a little dramatic but it's like <laughs> wow like what what happens if you just question everything? You question all your assumptions, you question, you know, like where things came from and why we do what we do, right? So I think a big part about it is education. And that's why a huge, that, that's a huge part of our program because if you tell someone to jump in a 40 degree pool of water at 6 a.m. during sunrise, they're gonna be like, you're crazy. Why would I do that? So you have to educate, you know? So there's, there's a lot of education that goes into that. And then the education leads to the empowerment because then it's like you know what you're doing is good for you. It's grounded in a, it's grounded in a story. It's grounded in like a, a larger coherent narrative about your relationship with yourself and the larger world, right? Which is kind of what we're ch trying to deconstruct and reconstruct for people who come to see us. Yeah, and I, to, to Alex's point, I think when you start to ask these questions and you start to gain this sense of consciousness per se, then then things become easier because you're more self-aware of yourself. So the first step we take with any client or patient that we see is like, okay, we have to find avenues that we can reflect in our day and create awareness throughout our day so that you aren't in these constant thought patterns, so on and so forth, or these relationships you know that you have, you aren't saying the right things, you aren't speaking your truth because you aren't even self-aware. So I think the, the first token to our entire program with any patient that we start with is creating self-awareness with that individual so that in the end, after they're finished with our programs, they have what they need, the tools that they need, the education that they need to create the health that they want in their own lives. Because in the end, it's never about us. We could tell you to do all these things, but if you aren't going to create self-awareness long-term for you, to sustain your your habits and sustain the changes, then you're gonna be pissing in the wind. So with, with you guys knowing so much, all these different techniques, what are things that you guys struggle with with your own health and what, how do you work, work on those? Great question. Um, for me, uh, I'm much more of a, a type B person, so I don't do that well with routine and structure. But at some level, you have to have that. Colby is really good at that. So what I have to continuously um, keep working on in my life is my morning ritual and just starting off in a regimented way in my day, and that kind of sets the rest of the day off in a positive direction. So that's something I continuously am trying to 
you know, rework in my life, it's very hard for me to like make a checklist of things like, okay, I'm gonna wake up at this time and then do these five things. Like I just don't operate in that lens. But you know, there's a, there's something about discipline and, and creating that goal. And I know, I mean, that's what you guys are all about, right? So you guys are really dialed in with that. That's just something that it's like, my brain doesn't really work like that. But I know that there's a benefit of like, creating that structure so it's something I'm continuously trying to work on yeah I think for myself it'd be the relationship that I have with my family here in Chicago my family's always out and about there's always out to eat and drinks and things of that nature so it's it's being hyper aware of that and understanding that I can have a strong relationship with them without partaking in some of the things that I've done with them for 15 years now right so it's like how do you sustain that relationship long-term with also then changing the habits that I want to see in myself and hopefully my kids one day? So for me, it's a constant kind of, I'm constantly like thinking about what that means to me and kind of seeing how do I actually create that change in my life long-term. You too, you, we're, we're very similar like that. Because I, I definitely have type A tendencies about some things, but overall, like I have a much harder time starting my day and ending my day with the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. much more of, like, go with how I feel. I sort of understand the context of, like, structure and being disciplined. Definitely consistently disciplined over time. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely not, like, a day-to-day thing. I'd way rather tap into, like, how I'm feeling and kind of go that direction a little bit more. Yep. I just have the context to be, like, when that gets too far, to bring it back. And it's funny because Brett is totally the opposite. Yep. Like, Brett and Colby are way more alike in that, like, structured routine. I think probably a lot of that, like... The, that like social dynamic I mean Brett can talk a lot more to that and I've kind of like regressed I've like gone forward and then regressed from being like hyper disciplined and hyper routine and then coming back and being like alright that's too much now I'm just doing this for the sake of doing it Yep. and not really following my flow around to where if I'm actually really considerate of what I'm trying to accomplish and I feel like accomplishing in that moment pressing the gas on that, I could get way more done, even than just sitting down at the same time every day and trying to work on it like a little bit. I find yep. more progress when I feel like ready to do it. Colby and I go back and forth on this all the time all because time. Col- so Colby is like, no, you have to be disciplined. And I'm like, no, you just have to be conscious. Yeah. And it's like, no, but there's a place for discipline because then it like makes you do things that when you're not feeling up to it. And it's like, yeah, but you know, so so I agree. There's a there's I think there's a sweet spot there. Mm-hmm. Where, I think the yeah. main thing that you you just when you guys were talking through that is just the awareness that I am not disciplined enough, so I need to work on it, or <laughs> yeah. I am not conscious enough, so I need to work on that as well. Because sometimes I get into too much of a routine, and I and it, it, like two weeks will go by, and I'll be like every single thing I did was thinking about my business. And I wasn't, I wasn't present in specific conversations because all I was thinking about was, okay, once 8 p.m. hits, I have to do brrrr, and then I'm going to hit 9 p.m. and fall asleep. And although my sleep was great, my workouts were great, all those things, I did lose a little bit of that consciousness. So that's like, to my point, it's just like being able to turn off at certain times and fully turn off. Jason and I were having this conversation, and this goes back to a lot of things we were talking about, is that because of the culture that we're in right now, it is, it is, it is actually hard to turn off. Because the moment we turn off, turning off is not watching Netflix, right? Turning off is 
literally laying down, putting on music, dimming the lights, putting on some incense, and just relaxing your body. Like people don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like a hard. It's hard to do because you can turn on your phone and you can scroll through and you can watch our Instagram, your Instagram, look at your course, look at our thing. Like there's so many different things to do. So I think it's just really just understanding. The reason I asked that question was that. I think it's a really important thing for everybody to be self-reflectant on their own personal journey and their health and to be able to take time to look into that and just say like, where am I at with this? And a lot of times it's just identifying where the biggest gap for improvement is and then being like, this is the, the biggest gap is here. So if I fill that gap and you guys talk about this with your health, like if you fill the biggest gap and you guys told me the first time we met, like so many of those other little things will start to naturally work themselves out. Mm -hmm. And you guys talk about this a lot, it's just like 80-20 rule. It's like if we can just curve some of these bigger things, which in all honesty, like might not even take that much effort and work, it's just we don't know, we're not educated, we don't understand how impactful these things are, the body will start to heal itself, the mind will start to heal itself, you'll start to want to do more things. And that's where like we align so much because mm -hmm. it's like, once you get to that state, it's like, all right, let's push the gas pedal down. Let's like start doing more stuff. So it's like, I have energy to think outside the box. I have energy to like, want to start a new workout, want to train for something, want to quit my job. Like people don't get to that state of mind because they're so bogged down with just what, where like life is going. And I think it's just really important to, to reflect on that stuff. Totally. It, it's, there's definitely momentum and literally metabolic energy that's created when you get those big points figured out where where then things open up and the and the potential becomes so much greater than it was before right i mean i had one patient who i went she went through her day-to-day -day schedule and it was like crazy she's waking up every morning and teaching classes they were like like cycling classes underneath fluorescent lights at 6 a.m and she wasn't stopping work until 8.30. And she wasn't able to hang out with her boyfriend. You know, the one, the biggest thing that she changed was after dinner, no more work. She, she came back after a month. It's like, you know, we did like 10 things. She was like, yeah, just like not working in the evening. It really opened up my whole day. <laughs> and we like, laugh, but it, I do the same shit. Yeah. It's the exact schedule we live on. And it's yeah. like, I think the big thing is just to like, like I love that, like taking a look at your day. Yeah. Yep. Before we layer anything else on, we talk about this and it's like, like the first step of a lot of our process is just reset. Yes. Can so. we take the whiteboard, clean it off, and then start? And I think it's just like the power in your action, it, it changes just, it changes so much about you like physically and especially like when you guys a lot of things that you guys talk about and see is like people that are in like and like I've had this journey and you guys helped me a lot like with my oral health I'm 30 years old with three root canals like there was something fucked up and so I look back at that and I'm like well where is a lot of this coming from and a lot of it really and like the thing was is like if you look at like what I'm consuming it's like I'm consuming the right water I don't have sugar I brush my teeth, I use oil pulling, I floss, I scrape my tongue, like all these different things. And it was really just like looking at the fact that there's a couple like big switches. One was just being able to like realize that like my sleep patterns, I was honing in so much energy and being in a parasympathetic or in a sympathetic state because I was mouth breathing at night. Mm -hmm. And so like my mind and my body never really shut off to reset the microbiome in my mouth. 
So being able to turn things off earlier has like relaxed myself and then through taping my mouth, which is like a really amazing thing. Super easy to. Yeah, super so easy. easy to do. So I have been able, Roll a duct tape. I have been able to get it's in. It's so easy. It's crazy. Don't do that. I've been able to get into a parasympathetic state to sleep and I've been doing this now for like probably like three and a half, four months and my sleep has gotten better. I can truly feel my mouth like fixing itself. It's like insane. And then what the cool thing is, is when you really get into that, you start to self-educate more. That's the coolest thing. Once shit starts to work, you start to Google things. You start to follow some crazy dentist on Instagram. You're like, this dude is in it. I don't know how I found this guy, but I'm like, and now I'm like seeing his stuff working. And then like working with a lot of what you guys talk about with Weston Price and like looking down his stuff. I was like, this guy was in it. It's like, what are some of the things that he was doing? I think really understanding yourself is is the most powerful way to heal and then in all honesty the most powerful way to perform mm -hmm. i mean talk about a holistic treatment plan someone says how do you cure your root canals mouth tape turning on my parasympathetic nervous system and restructuring my daily schedule who, who that's not treating a disease at all like that's the yeah. exact opposite that's what holistic medicine is and and it's hard to see these things as related so so many people come in and it's like the problem is like my thyroid so i need something for my thyroid and it's like no you need to chill out yeah yeah but something like mean, when colby was talking about before he was like you know once you understand something then it, it becomes easier to do while you're building habits on a conscious learning model the first thing is like like let's move past the unconscious incompetence where like you don't even know what you don't know yet like once you start to know then you arrive at the problem and, and i'm i'm sure this is likely the biggest challenge of your business is that once somebody knows what they don't know it is a insurmountable amount of health information where you're like i have to fix how many things what we're really looking to do is just make one thing unconsciously so easy just turn your computer off at 6 30 every night and then after a certain while, when that gets committed to habit, you no longer have to spend energy to think about it. You just do it, which then opens the realm to take step number two. It's yeah. like pulling one big lever at a time. And that for me, one hands down, is also sleep. No mm -hmm. doubt. I'm not a mouth breather, so I don't have 45 root canals. <laughs> um, but I have realized how many people do just breathe through their mouth. Just the most basic breathing discipline. You were training a client this morning when we were in the gym. And All you were I was like, talking about it. About the most 30 minutes of your session would be like, breathe right. Breathe right. Do not breathe up into your traps with your mouth. <gasps> like, do not, you're not watching a horror movie. Like, chill <laughs> out. It is, though. We're yeah. all, like, so high strung that we can't even breathe properly. But there's no, like, adult breathing class to just, like, reset that you go through, like, the first day at work. They're not like, hey, sitting in your desk chair for 70 hours a week is going to cause dysfunctional breathing patterns, eventually make you breathe through your mouth, and then give you three root canals. It's like, they don't <laughs> Spot on. That. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, and, and that is where, you know, when once it gets hyper-individualized, that's where you have to start to work backwards. And, like, to your point about your guys' model is that you have to empower the individual to self-review so honestly and so hardcore that you can come down and follow that pattern back to be like, oh, the, all these root causes, not root canals, these root causes have been there for so long that like uncoupling them is, is the difficult process. And then we can get like the supplements. Then yeah. you can, you, I, we always talk about like, you gotta earn the right to ask complicated questions.
Wow. Yeah, and I Earn think the right to ask them because just like start with the basics. Yeah, exactly. And and for us, I think that's where we're able to see now that we've seen so many patients that we know, depending on the patient, their picture, their history, their story, we know kind of what buttons to push now. So for this person, you need to focus on this. This person should focus on this. So we can kind of decide for that individual on a really individual basis what they need and kind of push the right buttons. Because for certain people, changing how you breathe and doing breath work while taking cold showers while incorporating Weston Price style food in a month, like, whoa, like that's yeah, way whoa. too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's certain individuals who are like, give me more. Like, I want more. Yeah. So for us, I think that's where our, we put on our clinical hats and we say, okay, like this person can handle this. They're 29 years old. They have some, you know, they're making some pretty good cash and they are motivated as heck. Then we have like a 48 year old mom who, you know, struggling with energy is having trouble even getting out of bed. Mm-hmm. So I think you got to read you, what, the person. What do you do with the person who doesn't have a ton of cash? You, you, you have very limited access. We have a huge problem in Chicago with food deserts. You have a lot of people that don't have access to spring water and like Western Pride. It is, you, don't, you don't have access to all of that food. So like what are some of the basic things that we can instill on like a broader health perspective? Because like just treating the people who can always afford to come in and do it. And like this is something that we have been focused on probably for the last years, like making wellness more accessible and and how do we make it like a fundamental human process yep. rather than trying to go back and fix all of this because shitty food is inexpensive which makes it an accessible shelf stable option so yes. like where do we return to making health like kind of culturally accessible great question um so it's it's interesting because when you you look at the direction that medicine is going including natural medicine it's getting more and more and more and more technologically advanced now they have like crazy injectable hormone methylated vitamin you know crazy stuff and uh colby and i are very skeptical of anything like that automatically just by assumption because it's like you know are we addressing the fundamentals and if we're not addressing the fundamentals then everything like that is just band-aids so it's interesting that the the things that are actually the least expensive and the most universal are things that are the most powerful for healing and colby and i call these the self-healing practices right and it's it's interesting as you heal you you actually um rely more and more and more on the self-healing practices because you become more and more educated and empowered and and you believe these things will heal you more and more and more and you do them more. So what does that include? Even if you live in a food desert, you have choices that you can make. And there's and there's there's better choices and there's worse choices. So eliminating foods that have a million ingredients of chemicals that you don't even understand is like a very low-hanging fruit. Most people can afford beans, rice, fruit, some basic vegetables, things like that. They're whole foods. So obviously some people have a greater choice in what they can and can't eat than others, but you still have a choice, right? Breath. You have complete control of your breath and you can control that and change the way you feel consciously through your breath. What you're exposing yourself to as far as 
your day to day, what you're watching, what you're reading, how you know watching Netflix um, or not, making those choices, how you structure your day, how much you sleep, right? How much water you drink, how you talk to yourself, how you talk to your partner, your friends, other people, how you move, the the posture that you hold the uh, pace that you go at, just like pulling it back, right? And just being like, I'm gonna walk through my day at a pace that feels good to my body. These are all actions that are completely in our control. And why we think that this is like something that we all need to understand more is that things like coronavirus happen that's completely out of your control your everything that you that you relied on in your day to day is off. You can't do any of that stuff anymore. You can't go and get your injectable, you know, IV unless the office is open. You know, you can't go out to eat the same places. You can't see the same people anymore. So what do you do in a space where you don't have control? You could say the same about someone who's in a in a low socioeconomic place. They don't have a lot of money. You know, they're in a neighborhood that is that incites violence. There's not a lot of role models, so there's not a lot of control, right? It's it your environment. It's very easy for your environment to man, manipulate you, and it's not in alignment with your your health. So, people have no idea how much is in their control. And that's one of our biggest teaching lessons for long-term health is like, you do not have to come and see us for years and years and years. You can do these things every day and they're profound. I mean, do we need to keep going? <laughs> uh, I think, I think, I mean, yeah, I, that was the way you articulated that was amazing because it, it comes down to choice. It comes down to the understanding of the, those those fundamentals, and I think that you know that leads us to a question that we love asking everybody when we're on these on these episodes is our entire philosophy is around having the best day ever every single day. So when coronavirus hits and you can no longer do all the crazy shit you were doing before, like you have to wake up tomorrow and you're gonna decide if it's a day that you want to make awesome or not. And it's been a really interesting point because there's been a lot of tension. Um, and I think that we all have an opportunity to create that through our mindset, through our movement, through our breath, through our connection. So if you guys could wake up tomorrow, do anything at all, what does your best day ever look like? And you guys can answer it individually or together. <laughs> yeah. This is like a day, like a, like a. Any day. So any day. You wake up tomorrow. You can do whatever you want. You can be anywhere you want. You can do anything you want. What are you doing? What are you doing? I got mine. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think. The, the first thing I would do is get in the car and go somewhere. Right? Like, when... I was thinking, for me personally, southern Spain. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons why Colby and I connected in the first place is because, you know, I'd be like, you want to, you know, we have three hours. You want to go to the beach and then grab some oysters and cider? He's like, yeah, let's go. And it's like a 45 minute drive to the beach, so we're only gonna be there for like an hour. But it's like, yeah, for sure. So uh, doing adventures like that, getting in the car, going somewhere, it's definitely my best day ever. 
mine would be being in southern Spain, hiking for a day, and then heading out in Spain all night. <laughs> <laughs> not hard to set out in Spain all night. It's one of the no, best places to no, do that. It is not. Uh, so, I mean, there was so much to, to dive into here, and I think we'll probably get a lot of follow-up questions, so I'll probably have to do a round two, just getting into the nitty-gritty, which would be awesome. Um, where can people find out about you? Where can they find out about what you have going on, whether they want to see you? I know you guys are doing things virtually now, so we can talk to our worldwide listeners or people that want to meet you guys in person. Uh, and then where can they consume some of the information you guys are putting out? So uh, definitely follow us on Instagram, Haven mm -hmm. Chicago. We have a um, Chicago-based Facebook group about cool things that are happening in the health community in Chicago. That's called Chicago Health Revolution. So you can join that group. Um, website, havenholistichealth.com. We have free phone consultations. So if you're interested in, in joining our community, you can always sign up for one of those. Awesome. Yep. Well, thanks so much for, for getting in here, talking about some just really amazing things and just helping people the right way. So we're just so happy that, that we're a part of, of your guys' community. And thanks so much for taking some time. Right on. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.